Tetvav Marcheshvan Tavshin Pei Aleph. Coming to you live from the offices of Ariel Tours, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We cry out, we call out, we yell out, all together with uh, Ariel Zilber, our Corona opening theme song, back by uh, popular request. 
Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome to this week's edition of the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We're here each and every Monday immediately following JM in the AM. That's 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time. And around the world, whatever time it is, that's the time we're on. Make a note, reminder in your little alarms, set alarm, or actually listen whenever you want. On demand, on demand. Just like whenever you want. You know what I'm saying? Go to NachumSiegel.com, go to the archives, enjoy the um, the variety of shows, and uh, if you want hours, just click, scroll and click on The Israel Show. Same thing on the Nachum Siegel Network app, the NSN app, which is available for Apple, Apple iPhone, and Android. So if you don't have it yet, go get it. You can listen whenever you like. Today, we are celebrating yet another milestone in the history of the United States of America recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of the modern state of Israel as it was the capital of the ancient state of Israel. The uh, story which was um, brought through last week of the first passport issued to an American citizen born in Jerusalem where the country of birth is listed as Israel, not as Jerusalem. And we'll get into all the nitty-gritty of that. That passport went to Menachem Zivotovsky um, in 2015. We interviewed for this show his father, who, who was obviously um, w- working on his behalf because M- Menachem is today 18 years old and the lawsuit began uh, upon his birth, the suit of Zivitovsky versus Clinton originally, then Zivitovsky versus Kerry. We'll tell you all about that. We'll play back some of the uh, interview from five years ago and we'll play clips from the beautiful ceremony that took place outside of the United States Embassy in Jerusalem where this first passport was given to Menachem Zivotovsky. All that's coming up. We have a Mary Mulin segment as well. Haven't played this song in a while. Omer Adam, Katafti Alayashir. Just, uh, I like it. It's a cute song. So I hope you enjoy it too. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned <laughs> live to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. מרה לי את היקום בלעדייך אני לא אני כבר אין לי מי לצחוק בלילה אז כתבתי עלייך שיר מילים פשוטות עם הגיטרה אז תבואי אליי הלילה נתחבק, נתרגש ביחד ותן לך להרגיש הכי 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 מיוחדת אולי תבואי אליי לרגע בשלתי משהו כמו 
עכשיו תגידי, יש תרופה ללב שבור, בואי נברח מכאן עכשיו, אולי ניתן עוד הזדמנות, ונשב שם במרפסת, נפתח את הלב, נדבר גלויות, ולאט לאט בשקט, אגלה בך את הסודות, אז תבואי אליי הלילה, נתחבק, נתרגש ביחד. נתחבק, נתרגש ביחד, ואתן לך להרגיש הכי 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 מיוחדת, אולי תבואי אליי לרגע, בישלתי משהו טעים, עשים שירים שאת אוהבת, ונרקוד כמו עומר אדם, כתבתי עלייך שיר, You're tuned live, I should emphasize that more, I mean mention it more, not yell it out louder, you are tuned live to the Israel show on the Nachum Siegel Network, my name is Mayor Weingarten and we thank you for tuning in today as, uh, as you do every week hopefully, um, so a couple of points Before we get to the uh, main items of the day, today the, uh, on the, uh, on the um, secular calendar is November the 2nd. It is, uh, I believe, 103 years since the Declaration of Balfour, or known by many as the Balfour Declaration, if it's pronounced properly. It's a milestone. Of the Jewish people, many say, many Rabbanim, many great thinkers, many say it is on par with what we know as the Koresh Declaration, Hatzharat Koresh, which we read about in Tanakh after the exile of Babylon, where the um, ruler of the empire, Koresh, says to the Jewish people and it seems also to other nations go back to your home build a temple to your God and um, the Balfour Declaration by the British government who was um, ultimately soon after going to win Second World War and control the area that was at that time called Palestine or Eretz Israel was a big huge day of celebration amongst the Jewish people. A lot of things happened since then, a lot of backs and forths, but the day itself is a day that we should remember and celebrate and, and teach to our kids. How far we've come in a hundred years, 
there are the, the the countries around the world that are working on a vaccine for COVID-19 are the big biggest countries in the world and joining them is Israel Israel yesterday did the first uh, test injection of the COVID vaccine that's being worked on in Israel. So um, we have a lot to be proud for, proud of. We have a lot to be proud of that the Jewish people are so involved um, and are so up there with the uh, world of science that a tiny country such as Israel can be one of those joining the superpowers of the world that are working on the coronavirus. And one of the point many people have sent me this is a personal peeve of mine, if you don't mind for a moment. Many people have sent me various articles, videos, audios, copies of letters, faxes about Israelis, rabbis, politicians, others who are recommending to us, to American citizens, how to vote. And I think that that is a very wrong thing. Don't get Israel involved in local U.S. election. And Americans should not involve themselves in Israeli elections. It just is not morally correct. And it's also not smart. Really, really not smart. I mean people in Israel, you think you're going to send out a letter or a video or or something and suddenly you're going to change so many minds and it's going to make a difference, but what happens if you're wrong and you back the wrong you back the wrong candidate? You have to think of that too. Yishai Rebo, Matzeloti Kolyo, my name is Mayor Weingarten, you are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
In our Meir Milim segment, we shed light on a word or phrase in the Hebrew language. Meir Milim is inspired by the Galeit Sahal radio segments of Dr. Avshalom Kor and informed by the teachings of Dr. Lior Gottlieb. Previously, we explained that the word Tzohar, a window, Tzahorayim, noontime, and Yitzhar, oil, are related. They all have the letters Tzadi Hei Resh, Tzahar, meaning light. A window lets light in, noontime is when the sun is brightest, and oil has two connections. It has the bright yellow color, reminding us of the sunshine, and in ancient times, the most popular way of lighting up a room was by sticking a wick into oil and setting it on fire. Then we showed that in Hebrew, the letters Tzadi and Zion interchange, leading us from Tzadi Hei Reish, Tzohar, to Zion Hey Reish, Zohar, Zohar, which means glowing or shining, also related to light. Zohar, like Tzohar, relates to light. And now we're all ready for the next exciting revelation. So, is there a connection between Zohar, Zion Hey Reish, meaning light, and these words from the Zmirot of Shabbat in the Rory Yikra? Here it comes. Velamazhir velanizhar. The mazhir is one who warns. Be careful. The nizhar is the one who is accepting the warning and exhibits caution. 
Similarly, we find in another Zemmer for Shabbat day, Yona. <laughs> Zahir means careful. Everyone, parents and children alike, are careful to keep the Shabbat. Zihirim lishomro avotuvonim. Zihirut, zayin heresh, is caution. Lehazhir and azhara is to warn. You're telling someone to be cautious. Are all these forms of warning, of be careful, of caution, related to Zohar, which means light? Illumination? Surprisingly, yes. Let's think about it this way. When you warn somebody, when you tell them, don't do this, you explain the difference between right and wrong. You show them the light. In effect, you're illuminating the correct path that should be taken and warning against the path that leads astray. You're also instructing them. And we have the same in English. When we teach somebody, we are enlightening them. Which also fits beautifully with the Pasuk from the Torah. Yitro, Moshe's father-in-law, advises him to delegate, appoint judges, teach them the law, and let them handle all the small, easy cases. V'hizharta ethem et hachukim v'et ha-torot. You, Moshe, should instruct v'hizharta, instruct them, enlighten them. So, Zohar is relating to light. Tzadi and Zion interchange, giving us Zohar and Zohar, which means glowing, illuminating, from which we get words of caution, Azhara, Mazhir, Nizhar, Hizahar, all meaning be careful, but originating from the concept that the Azhara instructs and illuminates our way, showing us the correct path to take and what to stay away from. And there is yet one more twist to this plot. Just like Tzadi interchanged with Zion, so does Reish interchange with Lamed. On our next segment, we'll see how that brings us yet another set of illuminating words spun off of Tzohar. And that's this week's edition of Meir Milim segment. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Sham Yanu Yonah <laughs> Matzavomanoach, <laughs> 
That was preceded by the um, Meir Milim segment, which referenced that song. And before that, um, we had uh, Yishai Ribo with Matzil Oti Kol Yo. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Shon Danachem Siegel Network. 
So here's the punchline. Here's the end of the story regarding U.S. passports issued to U.S. citizens who were born in foreign countries, specifically if a U.S. citizen was born in Jerusalem, the State Department, for decades. And by the way, this goes back to 1947, 1948. This is not anything to do with 1967. They have never approved or agreed to accept Jerusalem, even part of Jerusalem, as the capital of the State of Israel. And so, if an American citizen was born anywhere in Jerusalem and applied for a passport, meaning his parents were American citizens, therefore he's an American citizen, the parents go, apply for a passport. If he's born in, they ask for the documents. What hospital was he born in? They see the address, if it's anywhere in Jerusalem. They refuse to write Israel as nation of birth or country of birth. Instead, they just write the word Jerusalem as if Jerusalem is a country. And the reason they did this was in order not to seem as if they're accepting the fact that Jerusalem is in Israel. This has been long fought, very specifically by Ari Zivitovsky on behalf of his son Menachem. We'll tell you more about that later. It was uh, fought up to the Supreme Court. It got to the Supreme Court twice. Represented for free, pro bono, by Nat Lewin and his daughter Eliza Lewin, who get a lot of credit for for having this issue on the front burner for so many years. It all ends with this statement made, I believe it was on Friday, by Ambassador Friedman, as he invites up, to the, in this ceremony, he invites Menachem Zivotovsky to get the first ever passport issued with uh, to an American born in Jerusalem with the country of birth being Israel. Menachem Zivotovsky, if you could step up here for one second. It is my honor. It is my honor to present you with the very first passport issued to an American citizen born in Jerusalem with Israel designated as the place of birth. It was a small ceremony, a corona ceremony, but um, it was a very, very, I believe, historic moment. I don't think it got enough coverage, and there's basically one reason for it, because there's so much going on. There's an election tomorrow in the United States, a major election. There's the coronavirus and so forth. But I think for us, it is important for us, the Jewish people, to recognize and thank the Trump administration. In Hebrew, we say, Hafuch al-Hafuch. The Supreme Court, five years ago, right? Yes. Supreme Court, five years ago, ruled that Congress can't force the president. The president has the right to do this on his own. And now the president did. We're going to go back five years. We had the uh, privilege of uh, interviewing Rabbi Ari Zivitovsky, who was um, on behalf of the child that was born to him, requesting a U.S. passport. The child was born in Jerusalem, requesting a U.S. passport 
that said Israel as nation of birth when the uh, city that he was born in was was Jerusalem he was denied and the Lewin law firm Lewin and Lewin as I said Nat and Eliza and his daughter Eliza Lewin were looking for just such a person to bring a lawsuit on this issue. Here's the first part of the interview. It took place five years ago with Ari Zivotovsky in which he explains the uh, background and um, some of the story, the, the behind-the-scenes story. We're very happy to welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network Rabbi Dr. Ari Zivotovsky. Shalom, Ari. Shalom. Coming to us from Israel. Let's, I guess, start with the facts. An American citizen born in Yerushalayim his parents go to the consulate to get him an American passport. What happens? You fill out your passport application, and one of the items you have to present is your birth certificate, the Israeli-issued birth certificate. And one of the items you fill out on the application is place of birth. Now, if the child was born in Tel Aviv or Haifa or Afula, they will say, oh, good, this is Israel, and they will write down Israel, and that's how it will appear on your U.S. passports. If the child was born in Yerushalayim, and anywhere in Yerushalayim, Sharit said, meaning even the western half of Yerushalayim, if you write down on the form Israel, they will look at the birth certificate, they will say, no, no, that's Jerusalem. They'll cross out Israel on the form and say and tell you what's going to appear on the passport will be just Jerusalem. So, uh, let me get this clear. If you were born in Haifa, it doesn't say Haifa, comma, Israel. It just says Israel. That means it lists the country, not the city. Is that it? Correct. And that's the way it is around the world. If you were born in Paris, it will say just France. If you were born in Montreal, it will say just Canada. Okay. I got it. So, Yerushalayim is a... Uh, either, either it's a country on its own... It's a unique entity, right? Well, this is part of the the larger U.S. policy towards Yerushalayim, in that Jerusalem is not recognized as being part of Israel. Jerusalem is not part of Israel as far as they're concerned. Now, has this been the policy since 1948, because in the partition plan originally Jerusalem was supposed to be an international city? Is that where this started? That's where this started. This has been the policy for every administration, Democrat and Republican, since 1948. What changed that made you decide to uh, take this? So, well, what changed is that in 2002, Congress passed a law because they said this policy is, is absurd, and we really were very thankful to the Congress for realizing this. They passed a law that said that if a U.S. citizen who was born in Jerusalem wants the passport to say Israel, that they have that right, and the State Department shall comply. So that, that, according to this, that's the law of the land. The State Department has to comply with the law. Just, now, like, I have to pay my ta- just like I have to pay my taxes, I guess. Right, and that's how we understood it. 2002, this law was passed. Now, what happened was when President Bush signed the law, he said, um, I'm signing this law into, uh, you know, as a law, because there were other provisions in that law as well. But he said that this provision... I am planning on not fulfilling. Is this, uh, this President Bush the, the first uh, President Bush or the second? I think it was the second, the one who was president in 2002. Okay. And then our son was born shortly thereafter. My wife went to the embassy in Tel Aviv. She filled out the application. And she requested that a state born in Israel in compliance with the law. 
the clerk at the embassy said, ma'am, we can't do such a thing. Would you want a Palestinian who was born in Gaza that it should say born in Palestine? We can't do such a thing. That's and an incredible statement. That itself is It was an unbelievable statement. statement. My wife was left uh, mouth agape, didn't know what to respond. She filled out the form, and we waited to see what would come. The passport that arrived said on it simply, born in Jerusalem. We didn't think of doing anything further. We're not litigious. We don't have any lawyers in the family. But we got a call from the Lewins. Nat Lewin is a world-renowned uh, constitutional attorney who likes to take on Jewish causes. Um, and his daughter at that time was working with him. They started a new firm, Lewin and Lewin. And his daughter, Lisa Lewin, called and said, would you like to challenge and try to enforce the law? Can I ask, do you know how they came to you of all the Americans that are born in Israel? And there are many, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, my wife knows them. My wife knows Eliza from, you know, uh -huh. they were childhood friends. Once the, the Lewins said that this is something that they are willing to take on and, and represent us, we said, certainly. Right. So, you know, let's go ahead and challenge. Since, since this has been going on, you'll tell me in a moment when it started, I always saw it as you are... You are saying, You're echoing those words. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's what we felt. But we felt really that, plus that we were just the representatives of all the tens of thousands of other people who were disaffected. Because it really wasn't just our cause. It was for the honor of Yushalayim and in the name of all those other people. How long has this been going on? When did it start? It ended now. It ended last week. But when did it start? Last the week. But it's been going since, uh, I guess, early 2003 is when the long, long saga commenced. Really long. I mean, you talk about the wheels of justice moving slowly. This is 12 years. 12 years. Well, it involved a lot of steps. In other words, the first place we went was to the district court in D.C. And we simply sued the Secretary of State and said, enforce the law. And I guess a district court judge isn't really interested in telling the State Department what to do. <laughs> she, she needed to get it off her desk. Right. She looked for an excuse. The first thing she tried was, she said, we have no legal standing. Meaning that there's no harm. There was nothing that happened. The passport is fully valid. And she threw us out. I would assume that any judge that has any politics in mind would want to get rid of this case and not have to deal with it because they don't want to start up with the political powers that be. I don't know if that, if you think that had something to do with it or not. So that's, I think, what was happening. I think she was looking for, for a way out, and the government gave her a way out. The government throw it out and say that we have no standing, and she said, you're right. No legal standing, and she threw it out. Went to the appeals court, and the Lewin said, why don't we compare this to vanity license plate? The state legislature in Maryland said, you can either get a regular license plate on your car or a vanity plate. What happens if you request a vanity plate and they give you a regular plate? It's perfectly valid. You could drive with it. But because this was a right granted to, to, to you by the legislature, you could sue to get your vanity plate. So too here, the Lewins argued, the, the passport is fully valid, but because Congress granted you this right, you could sue to enforce that right. That's genius. That's, of, ge yeah. that's genius. And the, and the Court of Appeal agreed. The Court of Appeal said, indeed, you can go ahead with your suit. You have what's called legal standing. Okay. So we went back to the district court, and again, the government requested it be thrown out. This time they said it should be thrown out because it's a political, non-judiciable question.
meaning this doesn't belong in the courts. This is a political issue. And again, the district judge threw it out and said, you're right, this is a political question. Get it off my, off my docket. I'm not going to deal with it. And, and therefore, was, did that mean that the judge was saying that the Congress has no right to legislate it? The judge was saying, really, not that they had no right to legislate it, but that the issue here, whether it should say Israel or Jerusalem, it doesn't belong in the courts at all. This is not a, a legal issue. It's a political issue which should be fought out between the president and Congress. Uh-huh. How are we to enforce what Congress said? I guess we can't, is what you were saying. Right. If the courts can't enforce it, then it's not enforceable, right? Yeah. So we went to the Court of Appeals, and unfortunately this time the Court of Appeals agreed with the district court judge and said, indeed, that this doesn't belong in the court. We're listening to a recording of um, Ari Zivotofsky, one of the um, heroes, really, of the um, great celebration on behalf of Yerushalayim that took place in uh, in real in Yerushalayim and in, hopefully in the hearts of many Jews around the world where uh, in continuation of uh, President Trump's policy of moving the embassy to Yerushalayim, of recognizing Yerushalayim as the capital of the state of Israel a, um, a decision was made last week and very promptly fulfilled that children of American citizens born abroad, and in this case in Jerusalem, who wanted their place of birth to be listed as Israel, which the State Department refused to do, must, the State Department must comply and did, in fact, and we played before the clip of um, David Friedman, the ambassador, granting that first ever such passport to Menachem Zivitovsky. What you get a feel when you listen back five years ago to the interview with Ari Zivitovsky is how tedious this entire process was. It took 18 years to get to this point. It took 13 years, it was five years ago, when the Supreme Court basically knocked down their request and uh, and said the Congress can't um, Congress can't um, force the president or the State Department to to take that on. Uh, coming up after this musical interlude, we're going to play some uh, very short, quick clips from the ceremony that took place at the embassy. We'll hear Ari Zivitovsky, who's very, very nice, very short, very, very nice. And we'll hear Menachem Zivitovsky as he received his first ever passport um, that had Israel in it make a bracha, special bracha for the occasion. Um, before we could do all that, David, David Broza, Yom Chadash Magia, this is an, a Hebrew version of. Um, Bob Dylan's um, protest song The Times They Are Changing and this too is a protest song I'm, I don't agree with its politics but it doesn't matter uh, we can play the music, it's nice well done uh, here it is, debuting uh, for you on the Israel Show my name is Mayor Weingarten you are in fact tuned live to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network <laughs>
קצת על עצמכם ותודו שהמים גבו מסביבכם אז אל תיעלבו אם פתאום תרטבו רק תרשו לי דעה להביע כדאי שתיקחו שיעורים בשחייה כי יום חדש מגיע מבקרים וסופרים מכונות של כתיבה תפסיקו לשנוא וחפשו אהבה הגלגל מסתובב עוד מוקדם להספיד מוקדם להגיד מי יפתיע ומי שניצח הוא זה שהפסיד כי יום חדש מגיע חברי כנסת תיתנו לעבור אל תטילו מצור, אל תפריעו לאור כל מי שכאב עוד יחבוש את פצעיו ויחזור אל הקרב המכריע כך שדי בקרוב לא יהיה לכם רוב כי יום חדש מגיע אתם אבא ואמא תהיו עדינים אל תגיבו על מה שאינכם מבינים תנו לילדים ללבלב ולצחוק בלי עברכם המרשיע הזמנים משתנים והאופק רחוק כי יום חדש מגיע Hebrew version of the times they are changing and um, we promised you that we'll play for you a few uh, segments from the ceremony that took place at the American Embassy in Jerusalem I, I just like saying that the American Embassy in Jerusalem so we took very short clips from um, Menachem Dr. Menachem Zivotovsky maybe even Rabbi Dr. Menachem Zivotovsky writes a uh, I'm sorry Ari Zivotovsky Rabbi Dr. Ari Zivotovsky, Menachem's a little young for Rabbi Dr. yet, um, who's a tremendous scholar, writes uh, just a tiny thing of his that I enjoy from time to time in the Jewish Action magazine that is, uh, that is uh, produced by the OU. The, uh, he has a uh, column 
each time about uh, different items that we think we know because we were taught in a certain way at a young age and then he and he answers the question what is the real what are the real facts about for example the latest it's not the latest one but it's the latest one I looked to um, fasting when you see a Sefer Torah fall interesting right or um, what has to be included in Mishloch Manot etc anyway from the passport ceremony here is uh, Ari Zivotovsky. The portion of the Torah that will be read tomorrow in coronavirus street services around the world and that Menachem read at his bar mitzvah five years ago contains the first biblical mention of Jerusalem. From then onwards, Jerusalem has played a central role in Judaism. It has been on the lips and hearts of Jews wherever they lived. Privileged to stand here in Jerusalem, in the modern state of Israel, we thank God for allowing us to witness and be part of this historic event. So it turns out that this event is taking place Erev Shabbat Parshat Lech Lecha. And uh, that in itself is awesome. But he points out, does uh, Rabbi Dr. Ari Zivitovsky, that in that parsha, we see the first reference to Yerushalayim Umalki Tzedek Melech Shalem. Shalem is a referral to to Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim, that he comes out and greets Avraham, and uh, how appropriate it is that that is uh, his bar mitzvah, and Menachem's bar mitzvah parsha. That Jews are going to be reading around the world or read around the world uh, right a uh, few days after the ceremony. And here is the clip of uh, Menachem Zivotovsky, the infant on whose behalf this uh, lawsuit that ended up in the Supreme Court and was ultimately turned down five years ago by the Supreme Court, including, by the way, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who um, declared that the uh, the Congress cannot interfere in the State Department's decisions regarding Jerusalem um, when it was turned down, but it actually was, as they say in Hebrew, hafuch al hafuch, um, irony of ironies, if you will, that um, that Supreme Court decision gave President Trump the ability to do what he did. Here's the bracha that uh, Menachem Zivotovsky makes as he gets that first U.S. passport listing Jerusalem, Israel. Blessed are you, Hashem, our God, King of the Universe, who has kept us alive, sustained us, and brought us to this occasion. Okay, he has to learn how to do the dramatic reading, sort of, not to rush it along, but he's still young. I think he just turned 18. Right? Yes. Just about. Um, from a press release of uh, Lewin and Lewin, written by Eliza Lewin, the daughter of Nat Lewin, for American citizens born in Jerusalem, the State Department had steadfastly refused to list the citizens' place of birth as Israel. Government policy before the current administration refused to recognize any country as having sovereignty over Jerusalem. The State Department has consistently treated Jerusalem as a city without a country. 
U.S. citizens born in Jerusalem received passports listing, quote-unquote, Jerusalem, which is a city, as their place of birth instead of a country of birth. Citizens born in other cities in Israel, such as Tel Aviv or Haifa, were issued passports that followed the universal policy and designated Israel as their place of birth. And in 2015, when Zivotofsky versus Kerry, yes, it's the same... Secretary of State Kerry, who declared uh, not that long ago that it would be impossible for Israel, for anyone in any other country in the Arab world to recognize Israel if there wouldn't be first a solution to the Palestinian quote-unquote Arab problem. What a uh, great visionary he, he is, or was. When the case was heard in 2015, six justices of the Supreme Court describing the status of Jerusalem as, quote-unquote, a delicate subject that, quote, was among the most difficult and complex in international affairs, end quote, ruled that Congress exceeded its authority when it passed the law in 2002. That would, I add, that the, the, the law that directs um, the State Department to list Israel, Jerusalem, Israel. The court majority, including the late RBG, I added that, held that only the President of the United States has authority to recognize foreign sovereigns and define their boundaries. And therefore, that opened the gate for President Trump to uh, exercise that exclusive authority. It is a beautiful day for lovers of Yerushalayim. We're going to end up where we end up. We're going to end off is what I was trying to say, with uh, Baruch Hashem Anino Shem. Thank God I am breathing. A very, a very apropos song. First we say thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network and my very special thanks as always to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock with after further review covering the latest in the world of sports and then Novik now with Jake Novik and Jake is giving his final election analysis, and yes, he's he's going to stake it out. He's going to give his predictions for elections 2020, and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following J.M. in the A.M., this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh no, they're just running in a different race.
Thank <laughs> you. 